to Info Nugget, our new sister show of Inside the Mind. My name is Drew Fitzgerald, here to bring you commentary of all things Charlotte 49ers. Today, I have with me a special guest, Cameron Williams. Cameron is a writer for the Charlotte Observer and co-host of ESPN 730, the game's 49ers basketball pod. Welcome to the show, Cameron. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, it's good that you know the 49ers have a lot of uh, good coverage outlets, such as your Inside the Mind podcast, as well as um, the podcast I started up not too long ago, the 49er Basketball Pod. Uh, Jeremy Grandison is my co-host. We try to you know release episodes at least once a week, sometimes more, depending on how many games a week 49ers have. Um, but yeah, man, let's uh, let's get cracking on this uh, Rice game that the 49ers just uh, wrapped up last week. I want yeah, to absolutely. I was about to I was about to say I was on your podcast last week. We gave our predictions of what would happen. Um, I unfortunately was right. I did not like being right. The one time I was right was the wrong time. Uh, the Niners fell short to Rice in the final minutes. Uh, I just wanted to uh, know, you know, what were your thoughts about uh, the game, uh, about the officiating that may happen at the end, and where was Isaiah Folks? Let's answer those questions. <laughs> well, I can tell you that Isaiah Folks, he was nursing a back injury that um, I believe he sustained or he got in practice. Um, so he it was more just a precautionary thing. But, I mean, you talk about bad officiating, and I don't like to look at a game so narrow focused on just officiating. There were things Charlotte could have done in that game that could have changed the outcome, but the the officiating was poor. I think the officiating across not just college basketball, but um, professional basketball is, I mean, you saw the LeBron James foul where um, yeah. going into, uh, it didn't do regulation, excuse me. He got fouled. Um, you see it in the NFL. I mean, that Chiefs game was something to, uh, something to behold. But, I mean, officiating is just really getting bad in general. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the game, you know, he, the Rice uh, guy goes up for a layup, gets fou- or no, he actually gets fouled on like a jump shot. And so it hits – one of those bang bang things you see refs sometimes swallow the whistle prior to you know or at the end of the game but i i don't want to blame it all on officiating but yes the officiating was uh pretty poor yeah i i you know when lakai patterson went to uh, block a shot i don't know if it was by quincy Oliveri, i think it was um who was hot all game yeah i think i think to an extent we want to let the refs let the players play but that call you know was quite quite questionable but you know, the Char- Charlotte had the same call last week against Western Kentucky, um, a kind of a similar type of call where it could have been called a foul. I don't know if it essentially was a foul, um, but they kind of got away with it. I don't know if that really counted. But, I, you know, I felt like that foul was a little cheap. But, you know, that second, that one or one and a half second runtime that went off it towards the end of that game, that could have played an influence on that inbound pass. But at the same time, like we're talking, I don't know if that would have changed the game. You know what I mean? The Charlotte really at the end was working to stay in it. I think Khalifa at one point hit a three-point shot and um, kept the Niners in the game. And it's it's really funny. Their their point center is just lobbing threes up to keep them in the game. So it kind of shows you where their offense was at that point. Bryce Williams was only getting stuff close to the, the hoop. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know about it. I think it was kind of cheap. But at the same time, you know, the Niners, you know, really needed that win. And I felt like they weren't. Uh, they could have played a lot better. I think they were fortunate to be in the game. I don't know what your opinion is on it. Fortunate to be in the game is probably a good way to put it. Um, just this team's got to get to where they can get multiple guys playing well at, on the same night. I mean, you see Bryce go for 30, you know, in one game, but then, you know, where's everybody else? And, you know, Bryce is the one that's, you know, leading the team. Um, you see Ali go for 20 one game, but then, you know, where's where's the – 
Where's the accompanying points? You know, Lakai goes for a big night, but you know, a, you know, a team effort. You got to have multiple people scoring. You know, those twelve to fifteen points rather than one guy having to score twenty five to thirty. So I think Charlotte just needs to get back to you know playing the way they were at the beginning of the year. You know, playing together. Absolutely, I think. You can't count on Bryce Williams to be hot every night, but man, he's really need to step it up lately. I mean, that last game, I I think he barely cleared double digits. And as we go into the Florida Atlantic and Florida International games, um, the last game he had against Florida International, he did put up some points and he kept the Niners in the game when they were down big. So I'm curious to see at that home halt and stand if he'll be able to come back in the game and play another influence, but he really needs to step up. No doubt. And, you know, to, you know, as we look ahead to FIU, you know, I think Charlotte needs to, they need to, they got to come out hot. They got to come out with a purpose. Um, I think last time they re- they were really looking ahead to FAU and they can't do that this time. They, they have to beat the team that they should beat before they go up against, you know, the 19th ranked team in the country. Yeah. So that game will be happening. The FIU game will be happening this Thursday. The FAU game will be happening this Saturday, but the big question is, where does Charlotte go from here? Before we even talk about what happens in these games, where do they go from here? They're, fight, they're fighting or they're vying for that fifth spot in the Conference USA um, tournament. Uh, that fifth spot uh, and above gets a bye in the first round. In my opinion, I think Charlotte is not going to make it far in the tournament if they don't get that fifth spot. They really need that, that first round bye. As we saw last year, they fell to Rice in the, in the, what was it, in the first, first round. They didn't get a bye. And that was really tough, and I think that they're going to need that buy to even have a shot at even making it to the semis. Or, um, you know, I don't think the championships even in talk right now. You know, they're just trying to make it. So I think that fifth spot's essential. What do you think? Um, if I could give you my best Ron Sanchez impression, they need to take it one game at a time, and I don't mean that uh, facetiously. I mean it seriously. You gotta, you gotta beat the opponent in front of you, and if that means literally just breaking down the scout on one team and then playing that game and then just you know scrap it all, do the scout on the next team, play them, and then you know, scrap it all from there. I think what Ron wants to do is that he does want to build, you know, some consistency with his guys, you know. But at the same time, it's just it's, looking at this team, it's really hard to gauge where they're at because it's like they had a really good, you know, uh, you know non-conference, but then yeah. they're really kind of slumping here towards – the time of the year where you can't be slumping. Yeah, ever, ever since that Florida road trip where they played at FIU and then at FAU, which is funny because now this week it's the same the same string of games, but this time in Halton. Ever since that, they've what lost five games. They've been they've only won what they've gone uh, two and f- two and five. Yeah, since including yep. the Rice, so that's tough. I mean, that's you can't you can't make it high in the conference, and they're currently sitting. Um, towards the bottom of the conference with UTEP and Western Kentucky and UTSA. Um, they play Florida uh, Florida International, uh, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, UAB, uh, North Texas. They play all these teams again on the schedule. So they have a chance for redemption, but they need to win out. And that's a really tall task to ask. But how do they do it? How do you, how do you think that they do it? Whew, that's the million-dollar question. I mean, like I said, this is – this is the time of the year where you don't need to be, you know, struggling. This is the time of the year where you need to, you know, have your identity formed. Is it time to just look at the, you know, look at the foundation and say, okay, you know, what's going, what's going wrong, you know, internally? Is it, 
it was a player relationships. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but you know what what's going they need to identify the few things that's yeah. really going wrong before they can you know take that next step forward. And it's unfortunate that it's happening, you know, in February with a month of basketball left, but they want any chance of winning the conference tournament and making the NCAA tournament. It's something's gotta happen quick. Yeah, and I think one thing I wanted to point out that I saw in the last game is Charlotte's been going with the same rotation every game. I think it may be time for them to maybe put Bryce in the starting lineup and maybe switch some of the players, but I know it's hard without um, some of their players, without folks. Um, you know, I, they, have, they have a few other guys injured. You, you're missing a lot of your bigs. You know, I think that it may be time to maybe switch the rotation a little bit, you know, try some things out, experiment. You know, it doesn't hurt at this point in the season because you know what you've been doing hasn't been working. I don't know if the Princeton offense has been working to perfection as much as we have wanted it. Um, and, but in the last game, they shot well. It was It's actually really funny. Between Rice, Rice actually, statistically in the conference, Rice has always been kind of shooting a little bit above Charlotte. Rice actually shot 46.9%. Charlotte shot 46.6%, which is funny because Rice is the top field goal shooting percentage in the in the conference for Charlotte's second. So it's very statistically uh, reliable that that happened. Quincy Oliveri obviously just took over the game in the second half, had 26 points. But, um, you know, again, Charlotte with 12 turnovers. You know, those turnovers are going to kill you. I mean, we saw it against Middle Tennessee State uh, earlier in the season. The one game that sticks out like a sore thumb in my mind on the road at Middle Tennessee State, Charlotte's making some turnovers. So I think that would really help. And what I observed against these two teams is, you know, Ali Khalifa does a great job playing point center. But, you know, Bryce Williams is the only one there to left a rebound. And, and the same thing happened to Rice because Max Fielder actually kind of surprised me a little bit and, and played uh, point center like he always does. Uh, but he did it at almost at the same caliber as, as Ali Khalifa, a little less on the scoring side, but he had, he would take a shot or, or Ali Khalifa would take a shot and they would leave their guards to rebound. So I'm wondering if Charlotte needs to kind of play more in the post, get more towards the hoop and, and, and fight for those offensive rebounds because those second chance points have been what really has been killing Charlotte in these last couple of games. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Um, one thing I did want to mention, you know, I like uh, the, that the, they inserted Nick Graves into the game. Um, I've been high on that kid since he was recruit since he was being recruited to Charlotte. Yeah. Um, really good player. Obviously, he kind of had the blunder towards the end of the game where he missed the layup, but and that's a freshman mistake. You know, it's going to happen. But I think he gave Charlotte really good minutes off the bench. Yeah, I, I think uh, Nick Graves is a great shooter. Uh, we've seen it earlier in the season. He throughout for the most first part of the season had only about only like four or five shot, shots taken, but he hit all of them. And this game, he really took over. I thought he did a great job substituting in for Isaiah Folks. He did miss that um, uh, that shot at the end, a layup that would that would help the Niners tie the game up. But you know, you live and you learn. I don't think it necessarily was the game. I think they could have done a bunch of other things. But they're going to need him against FIU and FAU. Let's talk about uh, that. Let's segue into that. FIU and FAU. Charlotte's play FIU this Thursday, FAU this Saturday, both in Halton Arena. FAU this Saturday is a whiteout. The Charlotte 49ers last game, that game against FIU was a real shocker. I mean, what did you think about it? I mean, they they kind of looked like they weren't themselves. They weren't shooting well. They only shot, what, 38%? Yeah. Um, FI, the FIU game, man, it was, it was simply a product of overlooking a team, I think. I think that Charlotte had their eyes set on FAU and they're like, okay, let's just, you know, get this game out of the way. You know, we should win this game, which they should have. I mean, that, that game should have been a 10.49er win, move on to FAU. But if you overlook a team, they can, any team can beat any team. 
I mean, college basketball is so wide open across the board. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's true. Any team can beat any team. And so I think Charlotte really has to just focus on the team on the schedule. They can't look to Saturday. They've got to focus on Thursday. And they're going to need to shut down those pair of FIU guards. Um, Alturo had 15 points. Denver Jones had 20. They got to shut those guys down if they want any chance. But the funny thing is FIU only shot 23% from three. So FIU, not a great shooting team, but as we've seen, they've been really scrappy and they've won a couple games after that night. They won against Charlotte. They actually went on to beat UAB, who was in the top of the conference. And UAB went on that skid ever since, just like Charlotte. So it's interesting to see that. But coming into FAU this Saturday, you know, I think Charlotte has got a real shot at this. We've seen FAU is a team that has that win streak, but I think Charlotte has got enough at Halton going. They're one of those teams that you don't want to play in Halton. You don't want to play them. They've only lost one game in Halton this year. I think this is a game Charlotte could win. I know I was pessimistic against Rice, but depending what we see in this Florida international game, I think if Charlotte gets this win and some momentum, they have a real shot at upsetting Florida Atlantic, and I could really see it happening. I don't disagree with you at all. Um... I think they have a decent shot at upsetting FAU, but one thing that's just really impressive about FAU is they they score top to bottom. It's like I was talking about earlier. One thing that Charlotte needs to you know have top to bottom points production. I mean, you look at their starting lineup against Charlotte in the first game: nine points, seven points, six points, twelve points. But then you got their bench: seventeen, ten, eight. And so I mean, there's they're scoring top to bottom. When yeah, Bryce Williams had sixteen off the bench and. Ali had 10 and uh, Montre had 11, but you know, you got Jackson with three, you got Igor with six, Josh Aldrich with five, Isaiah with three. You got to get that, you know, equal scoring top to bottom or I see FAU coming into Halton and winning. Yeah. And I think the one person or, or the multiple people that should step up, especially one of them being Igor Milicic. I mean, he's a really great shooter, an amazing player, transfer from Virginia played under coach Tony Bennett. I think he's just such a great shooter, such a great offensive weapon, and he's just not been himself the last couple of games. And even in this loss against FAU that they had earlier this year, he only scored six points. He really wasn't that that big of a factor. He missed both of his three-point attempts and really contributed only with one rebound. They're going to need more out of him. Yeah, um, I think Igor is one of like the, uh, I guess you could say, sleeper players on this team that could he can go for 21 game, but then the next two games, he might only crack double digits, like maybe 10 or 11 points. So I, I just think Igor has to find his consistency, but I really want to see more out of Bryce. I want to see more out of Ali, those players. I want to see more out of Jackson. I mean, Jackson and I, you know, we've talked a lot this season and I think that he's due for a big game. Um, just, you know, shoot it with confidence. Um, that's the big thing for Jackson. He's a good shooter, but he just has to step up there and you know do his thing, get that uh, wing elbow jumper, get the shots from the corner that he likes. So I, I expect a big game from Jackson if uh, Charlotte has any chance of beating FAU. Yeah, and he's a great shooter. I mean, he when he gets hot, he's hot. But you know, I feel like he hasn't gotten many attempts. I feel like some of those three point attempts by uh, Ali really need to kind of go to Jackson. And as much as I love Ali trying to be that point center, I think that you know he needs to insert himself in the paint more because that rebounding is so essential. He's such a, he's the biggest guy on our team. We need him. We need that height. So you know I'm curious to see what's going to happen this weekend. But let's in the meantime transition to Charlotte football, which is a whole other story. A whole lot to be optimistic about. I, I know that everybody's seen what's been going on. I just want to get your impression about uh, 
you know, the transfers and, and commitments that we've had so far. What do you think about uh, the direction Biff Pogey's taken this Charlotte football team? I mean, this is definitely a new era for Charlotte football. I mean, we're getting four stars. We've even got a five star coming in. I mean, this you would have told me that two years ago. I'd have kind of laughed at you. But I mean, Biff Pogey obviously knows what he's doing in the recruiting process. I mean, he's got relationships built with you know student athletes over the years at St. Francis and you know, at Michigan. So he's he's a people person. You know, if you read his tweets, he's all about you know the family aspect of football and you know making sure that you know, the kids are being put first and it's not all about football. It's about making sure the kids are you know, doing well in school, doing well, you know, in their personal life. And so I think having a coach that wants to meet you at your level rather than just, you know, getting you for your talent is huge. I think Biff's, you know, leading the team in the right direction. Yeah, I think uh, the team has just taken such huge strides, not only on, but off the field. We haven't even seen them on the field yet, but they've taken already big strides off the field. Jalen Jones and a, and a couple other other of the guys going to a local middle school in University City to go uh, throw the pigskin around with them was such a you know heartwarming moment. I, I've seen a lot of Charlotte players in the past reach out to the community, but not this quickly. You know, especially from these guys who are mainly transfers from the DMV. But this is great to see. But um, ultimately, I'm excited for this stout defensive line. They've got Demond Clowney. They've got a. Uh, Okwanwu, the, uh, the the brother of Icky, he came from down from Notre Dame. They've got um, you know a ton of other guys that are just huge, big, high-caliber players. So I'm excited to see that. But looking at the schedule from next year, how do you think Charlotte's going to fa- uh, fare in the American Conference? We play, obviously, two tough out-of-conference opponents in Florida Atlantic. Not Florida Atlantic, excuse me. I got Florida Atlantic on my mind for the Saturday. Florida, University of Florida Gators, and also an out-of-conference game at Maryland. What do you think about that? I think that our away schedule is a lot tougher than our home schedule. Um, if you get a chance to come out to uh, any home games, I think you'll be in for a pleasant surprise. But these away games are going to be tough. Um, Florida and Maryland, those are two yeah. teams. That, if Charlotte picks up wins on the road against Maryland and Florida, they're, they've made a huge, huge step from a season ago. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and I think I think that Charlotte has a chance. You know, We saw last year against... Maryland, this Maryland team, this Maryland team's really good, but Charlotte, you know, were able to kind of stay in the game in the first half with a team that really that we saw last year really kind of fell apart towards the end of the season, but at the beginning of the season was struggling with injuries to Chris Reynolds and stuff like that. They really stayed in the game with the Terrapin. So I think that's a game to really note, but that swamp game is going to be really tough, I think. And looking at their uh, in-conference opponents, they play uh, Memphis at home, Navy at home, Rice at home, FAU at home. I don't think that's going to be easy too, but we don't know the litmus yet, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> these teams, you know, with this team has a bunch of talent and, and they seem promising. They seem like they're going to do great, but we don't know what they're going to be like yet. We don't know. We haven't seen them hit the field, which I'm excited to see the spring game uh, this April to see maybe if, uh, you know, what they're all about. Yeah. And I mean, they get thrown right into the fire. I mean, the second game of the year, they're going to Maryland. So, I mean, they play, they play Florida and Maryland. Uh, both of those games within their first four. So, I mean, it's it's like, okay, sink or swim. I mean, okay, you got yeah. all these great players. Go prove how good these players are and how you know congealed you are as a unit, you know, instantaneously, really. And looking at these positions, I mean, we have a ton of guys coming in and out. Poji obviously wanting to stack this roster. We have a battle. You know, I'm, I'm noticing a couple trends. Is after Grant Dubose left, the receiver battles kind of settled. We've got some transfers coming in. So it's just depending on where they fall. But looking at some of the guys on the previous roster and 
the the new roster, the battle for quarterback and running back is going to be definitely interesting. I, I wonder what Coach Poggi is going to do at quarterback and especially at running back now that he's got Darrell Robinson, that uh, three, four-star uh, candidate that declared at the All-American game. That's going to be really interesting because we have Shadrick Bird already, who's a great running back, a transfer from Iowa. He really, he's been doing pretty solid, but I'm wondering if, you know, maybe he'll switch to the second back or the, maybe they'll both use Robinson and, and Shadrick evenly. They have Teron Kelman, who came in from Northern Illinois, and um, they have a bunch of other weapons, Chavon McEachern. So I'm curious to see how that's going to go. I think in that room, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Biff Pogey wants to use that room. But I mean, prior Will Healy would use multiple backs. I mean, he would use Shad. He would use um, Chavon. He would sometimes use Calvin Camp. Maybe not so much last season, but the season prior. Um, I mean, you use your talent. I mean, that's that's my thing. If I'm a coach, I'm wanting to use yeah. Shad. I'm wanting to use Darrell too. I mean, so just see, you know, what what they look like, and you know, in the spring. Um, Darrell's obviously crazy talented, but you know, are you going to start a freshman over a guy who's you know put in his time? It's I, that's that's Biff's decision. That's that's above my pay grade. Yeah, um, I'd like to see both of them get snaps, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, and also at this position at quarterback, we have Jalen Jones coming in from Bethune Cookman, and we also have Carson Black, who is a local Charlotte native who commit uh, who switches commit from Memphis to Charlotte. So. They have two new quarterbacks in the quarterback room. We also have Xavier Williams, obviously, who is is coming in. He's a younger quarterback. We also have Trexler Ivy and James Foster. I was really impressed with Trexler Ivy, especially at the end of that Maryland game last year. But we know James Foster's talented, and so is Xavier Xavier Williams. You got four talented quarterbacks sitting in that room. You know what are they going to do? <laughs> Figure it out in the spring. I yeah. Mean- there's so much that goes on in the spring that we don't, yeah, that the common fan doesn't see, but even us as, you know, analysts, if you want to call us that, don't see. Um, I think James Foster is by far the most talented arm that we've got. Um, I think he just, he needs, he needs that confidence. I think that Biff just needs to give him all the motivation that, you know, he is a great player. You're not, you're not a four star. You don't go to Texas a and You're not a good player. Um, you know, obviously that's where he came from before transferring to Charlotte. But I think that if he can get confidence, he he, he can be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Yeah, and you're looking at this this new American Athletic Conference. I mean, Charlotte's going to have to go up against some pretty tough opponents. They have Florida Atlantic, UAB, UTSA following them uh, to, to the new conference, Rice and North Texas too. But you got to play guys like ECU on the road. Uh, you know, you have Tulane now in your conference who beat USC uh, this year in a bowl game. I'm curious to see how it's going to go. Uh, I could see the Charlotte team. I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm expecting an American conference athletic championship, but we're definitely in the talk, but I don't know that until we see, you know, we see what happens on the field, but this team definitely is bowl eligible worthy. I think the last year we were just hoping for a bowl eligible team. Now, now I think we've got it. Now it's just, can we compete for that conference championship? And, you know, we're going to see how this team holds up. On paper, yes, we are bowl eligible, but at the end of the day, we hadn't seen a snap. Um, that's that's one thing that you know, fans are real quick to say, "Oh, we're bringing in all these talented players, and you know this and that." But until they get on the field and until they start you know, working together, it's really hard to judge just how good a team can be. I mean, 
you you see every year before the season, oh, Alabama's got 25 stars and they're going to be, you know, so good and all this. And they weren't that good last year. I mean, I'm just being real. So it ha- I mean, it it takes time, it's a process. I look forward to seeing how Biff gets this team to work together. And I mean, if if all the pieces fall in line and if it everything works out, this team very well could be competing for the American next year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh obviously in the same position as Deion Sanders at Colorado, you know, we're going to kind of see the 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 dual stories of Charlotte and Colorado hiring these new coaches that are bringing all these big recruits through the transfer portal. Can they hold up? So, I don't know. Uh, as we saw at Texas A&M last year, it didn't matter how much how many, you know, NIL deals you can get or how many recruits you can get to come. You can complain about all you want, but they didn't have the season the season that they expected. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, thank you so much, Cameron, for joining me. It was great to talk with you about Charlotte basketball and football. Hoping for some wins so we can talk about some wins. Hoping for some wins. We need it this week against FIU and FAU. You can watch those games this weekend. They'll be on Thursday and Saturday. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Info Nugget. This has been our episode for today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Inside the Mind. Hit that follow button to stay updated on all things Niner Nation. You can find me on Twitter at InsideTheMind49 and on Instagram at Drew underscore Fitzgerald. As always, picks up and roll Niners.